What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I'm Ron again, and joining me as always, my boy from Boston, Christian Nambu. Thank you all so much for making Coast to Coast your first choice for NBA coverage. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, so you can check us out everywhere that you get your podcasts. You can also watch every episode in full over on our YouTube channel. Check out what me and Chris are wearing, how hot we look, different things like that, you know. Just search Coast to Coast NBA Podcast. Uh, we're going to set things up with a bit of catch and shoot. I think Chris only has one for us this week, so it's going to better, better be a good one. Chris, over to you. Catch and shoot. What do you it, got for me? It is good. I'm only taking one shot here. Um, by the way, if, if we're doing a fit check, I need I need to see what kind of sweatshirt you're wearing. Is that a is that Knicks? It is Knicks. You're yeah. rocking Knicks. Well, the the Knicks should know this this take, the shot I'm about to take here. But I think Bull Bull is a starting player in this league. I mean, you gotta give it to him. What he's done for so far this season for the Magic, he, he's looked, he's looked really impressive. I mean, he's even even last night. Obviously, they ended up losing because of the Aaron Fox's walk off, uh, walk off oh triple an OT, which was just impressive. <laughs> but Bobo was hitting mid rangers. He was hitting from three. He was getting, he was getting his rebound. And I don't know if it was their plan, but in overtime, obviously he got burned. But he was the one who was guarding the Aaron Fox. So they obviously. Have some faith in him as a defender. So yeah, I, I gotta give you a bucket on that because oh, dude, he's done yeah. it all. It, it's I feel like he basically looks like the guy that we thought he would be coming out of college before the for the injuries, or like the the guy going into college rather. Like he's had so many flashes this year of like what you said, like three level scoring. The fact that he can put the ball on the floor, the fact that he can actually get penetration, like he. Looks really wiry, but he has a little bit more strength than I thought he did and his ability to just like get into the middle of the floor and he actually makes some really smart passes. Like the, the first the first few flashes of it this year, it's like, okay, like the magic, they're a little thin, you know, they have to like throw somebody out there, bowl, don't send him to the G League, might as well just give him some minutes. But he's like actually doing like legitimate NBA things. Like I I don't know if he sticks with the magic just given the roster construction, but I feel like he's looked like a, a guy that should be starting on an NBA team. If he can do this all, all year long, like he's like an 18, eight and three kind of guy. Like he's going to be like a four, fourth, third best player, which maybe saying a lot for a guy we thought would be generational because he's like a wicked tall shooter, can do anything. But the fact that he's even productive right now when he hasn't played, when he just wasted on the Nuggets, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's really impressive. It's, it's, it's great to see. I mean, you always like when the, when guys can get like almost a new lease of life when they when they switch teams, they might have just got into the wrong situation. Things didn't work out injury wise, different things like that. But now you see them out in the magic. They're a team that you kind of just look at them, and think they're 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 gonna have fun. They're gonna be fun to watch. They're gonna go out there and just see how they can best perform themselves. They're gonna fi- be figuring it out all season long. But Bobo can definitely be a big part of that. Yeah, I have to veer way off topic because I, I don't know if, if this ends up going on YouTube. Like, I feel like we're in one of those like frontline news, like you're reporting from a basement in Ukraine or something. What what is the lighting here? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I think the, 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 the sun is coming in. I mean, let me let me go. I, I, this looks I'm like a hostage. Okay, now it worked out. Now we're good now, but I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> shut the blinds and, and get get things right here. <laughs> but but you you heard it here, Bull Bull. I'll I'll just go off on a, on a mini tangent by myself here while while you're going to to shut your blinds. Um, 
because maybe I'll introduce this when you come back. But man, bowl is like a take that I never talked about specifically. But I feel like there's so many takes that we've been wrong about already. And we're not going to overreact right away because we're only just a few weeks into the season. But um, it's funny that we're bringing up bowl right now because he's one of those guys that, you know, I've talked with some people about. Uh, my brother-in-law actually saw him. Uh, my brother-in-law saw bowl in Florida. And it just reminded me, I totally forgot that Bobo was in the league. Totally forgot he was there. And I, in my head, I'm just like, oh, it's just going to be just me in the G League. He's not going to be around. And so many of these guys, I think, are not given the chance to develop. And I think you you could think of so many different players, um, like Patrick Williams, a guy on the Bulls right now that I think a lot of people would want to give up on. Just like, hey, trade him for Jeremy Grant. Just just let him just let him go somewhere else. And we we can't wait for that. A guy like RJ Barrett for a time, um, you know, people are losing patience, not really sure what's going to happen. Um, just so many different players. And who's going to be the next guy? And I wonder, you know, Bobo has that talent. You know, guys like him, it's interesting to see, like, they just end up in a new place, new scenery, less pressure. People forget about them. And then all of a sudden they just come out. It's It's fascinating. No, it's great to see. It's something you always look for each year. There's always at least one, and in many cases, especially in recent years, the NBA, there's always a, a few that have the that breakout moment in a new, a new setting. They just look like completely different people, and that's that's where kind of the mental side of it comes in, and uh, some of the like appreciation from the fan base, appreciation from your from your coach. That's where it all comes together, and you can just you can forget all the bad times and just think fresh start. Let's go and let me be me. Yeah. And completely unintentional segue, because I don't even think we planned to talk about that jazz at all, but I forgot to even mention them before we started recording. Lowry Marketing. Same, same situation. The, the guy he looks like in Utah is the guy that I wanted him to be forever in Chicago. The guy the Cavs thought maybe they'd squeeze out of. The guy you saw in Finland every single time he was there. Like the way he just attacks a bat, three level score. He's unstoppable if he gets into a lane because he's actually super athletic, super long, and actually has a lot of strength now. And it, it's crazy. Like he shows, he shows up, no pressure, new coaching system. This team should be tanking, and he's dropping twenty seven points on Anthony Davis. Like he, he's he's looking like, and he can play multiple positions. That was always like the biggest issue. Is like, okay, what are you going to do with him? Because he can't really play defense very well. Um, at the four and especially not the three. So defensively, he's kind of like, he's kind of tough to put out there, but now he's playing, he's playing the wing. He's playing the four and the five. He's playing three positions. That's something you never thought he'd be doing his second year, third year into the league. So it's, it's insane that there's so many, there's so many bright points uh, across the league when you have these, these weird places for these cast off players. But can we talk Utah jazz a little bit? Like they're, they're still going strong. I mean, the, the jazz are just, they're, they're, they're pretty, Pretty unbelievable. I mean, obviously, uh, our main topics today are going to probably be the Cavs and the Nets, but we got some other little bits to talk, and we will. We're going to talk some jazz now. But you just look at what they say, like what they've done, and you think you trade away Mitchell, you trade away Gobert, you think they're acquiring a bucket load of draft picks. You're thinking for all the world, this team is going to tank. But in reality, they got back a bunch of guys. Some of them like marketing. He's clearly playing, definitely playing with a chip on his shoulder because I think he he thought he was finding himself a home out in, in Cleveland, and then to get moved again uh, out to Utah, he's like, I've got, I've fi- finally that little 
bit more that he needed just to show everyone just how good that he can be. Obviously, they still have some of the the players that they got uh, that they had before, like Conley and Clarkson. But then Sexton, he hasn't really even got going yet. Mm-hmm. Beasley coming off the bench. They're just that ragtag team. And it kind of just seems like the with the young coach and, and the direction the franchise is going, and they're kind of just like, you just go out there and do your thing this year. And whatever happens, happens. It doesn't seem like they're planning on going for the tank, although you think they should just because you think of the pot of gold that is Victor Webanyama or, or even Scoot Henderson uh, th- th- this mm-hmm. year. But the way that they're looking at the moment, it's just like, go out and be the best versions of yourself. Show the world that you are talented players and show them that the, the your previous teams, they should be regretting letting you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I is this going to be a wizard situation where the Wizards had a hot start and they're like, wait, I mean, these are good players, right? Like, is is this going to be a pump fake? Or are we just going to fall for this? Because they're they're seven and three right now. They're seven and three, and they've beat legitimate teams and they look good. I mean, it's, it's like I I don't even want to say ragtag because like they look like they have an identity. Like everyone looks like they know what they're doing. Like especially on a team like this where there's a lot of redemption to be had for these players. Like you don't get the vibe that people are, you know, trying to get their own. Like they're playing well as a team. There's, there's not guys just trying to like play for a contract or to play to get somewhere else. Like this isn't that kind of like tank vibe. You know what I mean? It doesn't have that vibe of a team that's just like, all right, we'll figure things out as we go. And these players will just fill in. Like they look competitive and especially, especially down the stretch against, uh against the Lakers, like, and, um, the Lakers, super side note, Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. That looks great. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like people have been saying this for the past two years. But anyways, um, the Lakers had a great game. I mean, not defensively, but it was their best night offensively. They were really, they're really pushing. Russell Westbrook was really, really pressing them. And these guys for a ragtag team, they stayed composed. I mean, they they all look like they can continue doing this. Nothing about it feels very fluky. So we'll monitor it. Maybe this will be a Wizards thing, but... All that to say, Wizards or the <laughs> the Jazz, super impressive. Did not expect this, and good for good for Lowry. Hopefully, if I mean if Sexton gets this going, maybe they don't even go for Webanyama. Maybe they maybe they make a trade at the deadline to to get even better. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what Danny Ainge has got up his sleeve? That guy's always over, always making some always good at making those interesting uh, moves across the across the trade market. You know? Yeah. How about, how about the guy that he sent? Let's talk about him. Oh, man, Donovan Mitchell. Oh. Not Rudy Gobert? All right, fine. We'll talk about Donovan Mitchell. All right, we'll go Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell is better to talk about. Rudy Gobert in, in, in Minnesota. Minnesota, they, they've had a tough a tough start. They just – something's just not quite there yet. It was always possible that this could occur. Always the question marks about Gobert and Towns playing together. And hasn't really got going to the level that I think a lot of us were expecting him to to do to start the season. Russell's not having the the impact we thought he might playing with a guy like Gobert. It's you have to think it, it is just grind pains. I think what yeah. are they now? They're five five and five at the moment after the win last night. Yeah. So like it's not too disastrous especially when you think of the fact that like the wizard or the the clippers are like five and four the the warriors are three and seven so 
As long yeah, as they have nobody's better, talking about that. Better, nobody's talking about that. As long as they uh, have a better record than the Warriors as the season goes on, I think they're in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> in general, yeah. That that's a crazy thing. Another side note: nobody's talking about the fact that the Warriors are three and seven. Nobody. I mean, everyone's throwing in the, the subtle like, hey, like the Warriors are plus a million with Steph Curry on the court and minus a thousand without him. Um, but it seems like they're they're also experimenting with lineups. Clay does not look good though, but that's that's for another day. Ed and I don't expect that to to keep up, and I also don't expect this to keep up for the T Wolves. I this feels more like growing pains. This feels like a shooting slump for uh, for D'Lo shooting slump for cat. And I think cat though, that that's the thing. The, the one thing I want to hone in though is, is cat and Edwards. I feel really strongly that cats role needs to be simplified more. I, I, I've always felt like he should be like, I thought before maybe he'd be a passer. Like he'd be a kind of a Nikola Jokic light, especially when they brought Chris Finch in. That was kind of an interesting idea of a, of the big who can handle the ball a bit and can score from all three levels really stretch defenses out, play make from the top, but he just can't. Like, it's not who he is, and that's fine. I think he just needs to focus on being a scorer. And Anthony Edwards needs to focus on doing – like, the the shooting is, is crazy. Like, I feel like he's just trying to catch up to to Steph Curry uh, records, and that's complete hearsay. I don't know. It's That's just the vibe. But the the shot selection there seems to be still too dependent on, on shooting the three – and not enough getting in the paint and they need to find ways to create offense and not rely on cat to be trying to be a, a facilitator here. So I think there's a lot of, of mucking up that's going to happen when you rely on cat to be a playmaker and the spacing still isn't figured out. But again, I think you're right. I, this feels more like growing pains. I'm not going to be worried about this for three months since the season, I'd say, I'd say you give it till Christmas before you start getting worried. Yeah, especially when you see like runs that teams made last year later later in the season. It, it's not Celtics. always about yeah, Celtics, exactly. It's not always about starting with your best form from the very first tip. Sometimes you have to ha- give that bit of time <clears throat> to figure things out. I think that's exactly what's happening with the Timberwolves. One thing that is crazy about and not having a dunk all year. One of the most is, athletic- is he still not had a dunk? Did he get a dunk last night? I did. I didn't watch. I didn't watch any of the any of the highlights. I didn't see. But I mean, even to go, even to go a, a game without a dunk for him just seems crazy because he is one of the biggest high flyers that they have, that there is in the entire NBA. So I mean, that's a another thing that you look at and you think: is there an issue there, or is there just a fact that he's not not penetrating the rim enough? Yeah, I I feel like it's it's. It could be a health thing. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I don't seem to notice that. But the biggest thing for me is him as a player. What he wants to do, or maybe what he's being told to do. Maybe part of his responsibility is to be taking one of those shots. He's taking a lot of them. But I think the spacing still isn't what it is. And their three point shooting was what allowed them to be a top three offense last year and allowed them to really stretch things out. But again, it's kind of they they need to. Working Gobert into a system like it's it's not easy. It's a very specific way of playing, and maybe that's something they just need to adapt to because the spacing isn't there yet, and that's probably one of the biggest reasons why he hasn't had a dunk yet. But again, growing pains. We'll we'll see how things progress, but things will get better, I think, if if someone like Cat, if someone like Anthony Edwards, forces it. 
not 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 forces it like out of the flow of the game, but if they if they take control of the situation and play to their strength and play to the way that they that they should, like they can unlock this whole team because they're that good. And Gobert just needs to catch a basketball. Like that's that just needs to happen. That's important. What about know? his what about his three point shot against the books? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, it, was, like... it was just pathetic. <laughs> Listen, I think I would have. I think I'd hit rim. I, I'm pretty I sure think, I'd hit rim. I, I think so. Too. With, with I mean, that much time. <laughs> a guy, a guy in Madison Square Garden last night hit from half court to win a car. So I mean, I surely, saw that. Surely the Gobert can hit can hit the rim off of a tree. Like, come on. <laughs> what, kind, what kind of car did he win? Uh, it was a Kia. Anyway, I'm not sure. It's a Kia. Sure. Oh man, what, what can can you just ask for the money instead? Just like. I mean, I think you, I'm sure you can sell it yourself anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you lose, you lose, you lose like five thousand dollars just driving it out of the garden. I'll, I'll just take the check. Do, do you, do you believe this is my conspiracy theory? Do you believe that LeBron James drives a Kia? Do you believe that? No. <laughs> Should I? I, I don't believe it. There's no way in hell you're gonna convince me that. Do you, do you believe that Shaq drives a Kia? Shaq couldn't fit in a Kia. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They, they, there's no way either of these enormous human beings are driving a Kia. I, I don't believe it. No chance. No. But anyways, we, we talked. We, this this segued from we were supposed to be talking about Mitchell. Now we're talking about Kias. Um, let's talk about the fun team. Let's talk about the Cavs. Unbelievable. Cavs are looking like one of the best teams in the NBA to start the season. Trading for Donovan Mitchell is looking like one of the the best trades of the entire offseason. And already the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics is looking like a matchup that we have to see over seven games. Oh my God. <laughs> was, those are such good games. Like it, it's it's one of those where you just you really you just can't wait to to see it in action. I'm not sure if they, they play each other again uh, over the over the course of the season, but it's already one you're like, let's hope we get a look at this come uh, come playoff time. I think we talked about Mitchell being the difference maker between this Cavs team being a playoff search and being a potential playoff team. He's he's shown that difference so far. Obviously, he's he's averaging some outrageous numbers uh, so far this season. They're unlikely to stay at that sort of level, but it's the way he comes up in the clutch that's that's big for this team. You saw it on Thursday night against Boston. Hit the team's last four field goals. Then he played. He had some good defensive sequences. Like you're never going to expect Donovan Mitchell to be a great defender, but he had some plays where he just stayed in front of his man, didn't fail, and forced the the player he was marking away from the basket, which was big. He got a bucket in OT. He came up with a huge rebound in overtime as well when they really needed. They were really, I think the the Celtics had like two offensive boards in a row, and then Mitchell came out of nowhere with a one handed grab to 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 claim a rebound in a really important moment. That, yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah, like he's he's stepping up big, and they've only just got Darius Garland back. Health is the only thing that can really hold this team back, because the way the the rotation, the fact that Kevin Love looks like a new person playing as a six man, he's got a new lease of life coming coming off the bench in that role. You're just looking at Allen. We always know Jared Allen's had struggles with with different little niggly injuries and that. But if he can stay healthy we immobile as well, obviously in that game against the Celtics, he was in foul trouble for the whole first half. But then in the second half in OT, he kind of took over because he went six or seven from the from the field, made some really important shots at important times. He was just really, really impressive. 
But on the whole, now getting Garland back, it's this this cast team is is just awesome. Yeah, I, I loved how they've been um, matching with each other. I know it's been limited minutes, but there there feels like an automatic fit there right now. Like when Garland and Mitchell are on the floor, Garland's moving. Mitchell's Mitchell is spa- they're spacing the floor for each other. They're moving off ball when they don't have the ball in their hands. They're playmaking for others. Like Mitchell has looked like like he's been playing with this team for years. Mm-hmm. The the way he's setting guys up, he's looking off passes. Like he's he has a connection with these guys already, which is really surprising. Like you you would have thought this would have taken a little bit more time, but I I really think this speaks to the culture that Bakerstaff has has brought there. It, we really talked about it a lot last year. It's super impressive to see like how the culture shifted and just how that it wasn't just like you know the the five like you see how they play they play really play together and they really commit defensively and that was i i will i will be happy about that take we had a lot of bad early takes like like i said uh but their defense i think has inspired donovan mitchell to be his best version of himself on that end like you see him like really getting out on the shooters he, he's not just like being a turnstile when he's closing on a shooters he's being disciplined he's staying down and he's like really sticking on to guys like he's not just like in Utah, where it felt like the past couple of years, he just funnel guys to go bear and just let go bear handle it. And now, now you got an engaged Donovan Mitchell with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley behind him. And those two got man, like seeing those two on the court, like on both ends of the floor, like this isn't all just about Donovan Mitchell. Like there's this whole Cavs team is so fun to talk about because you look at how those two bigs play, and we didn't get enough of this last year, but offensively, how they can, you know, they can both post up, but they can both really pass the ball well to each other and to shooters. They can really stay mobile, like defensively on, on the other end, how they can just get out in the perimeter and they get right, right back in the paint. I mean, they feel like when they're really going like, like this, I don't know. Are they the best defensive team in basketball, like potential wise? Oh, just with the wise, absolutely. They are. Yeah. Like, cause you, I, I don't think you can find two bigs like that, that you're going to put out there on a court. Like I think they'll do defensively what the Wolves wish they could do because they can actually switch. Like Jared Allen, even though he's like a traditional big, he can't switch out in the perimeter. And he's not going to get like – you can't target him. Like he's not a guy that you you try and get a switch and you, you target him. Like you you have a little faith in him. And then Mobley, like you're very happy to do that. Like the, the amount of ways they can play defense and now the dynamic two guards that they have here – this doesn't feel fluky at all. Like this is absolute. Maybe this is my, my catch and shoot, but I, I feel pretty strong that you know the Cavs are gonna be in the second round. Do I say that they're gonna be? I I don't I don't want. I have to save that take for later. I, I don't know if I'm willing to to in the first uh, eight games of the year <laughs> say something crazy, but they're really proving that they're in the upper echelon of contenders in the Eastern Conference. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they've won seven straight now. The only game they lost was the. The opening game of the season against Toronto, which is always going to be a tough game. They lost Darius Garland early in that game and ended up just just losing that. Since then, they've, they've won seven straight. Garland has come back. And you think, obviously, the starting lineup is is really, really impressive. And then you think they're hoping to get Rubio back, I think, around Christmas time, maybe early in the new year. If he can come back and is at any sort of level like he was for the first half of the season when he was there last year. And then you got Love and Wade and Osman coming off the bench as well. And they're able to deliver. We know we'll get, get it out of Love. 
Wade will do as well. Osman's a bit more of a, a question mark, but you think that's a really strong nine-man rotation that they have there with a potentially elite starting five. And you think about it on the defensive <clears throat> end, it's obviously really, really good. But offensively, they can be great as well because they're a very unselfish team. And you think about it, all things clicking, you're thinking like Allen and Mobley, they could combine for 30 points a night. Then you mm-hmm. have like Garland, Mitchell, Levert, they could combine for 60 plus a night. And then if what, what you're getting off the bench, that could be another another 20, 25 points. It, it, it's kind of crazy that they could be a really elite team on both ends of the court. And the fact that they are so unselfish, we've seen growth in Mitchell's game early big time in terms of how willing he is to to pass the ball. Yeah, and, and you said both ends. Who, If you had to guess a top three in net rating right now, who would it be? For the Cavs. Uh, obviously, well, obviously, since we're talking about the Cavs, you got to be <laughs> one of them, right? Good, good guess. <laughs> what have we got? Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, Levert, and Allen or something? No, teams. The Cavs are the number one. Oh, sorry, sorry. And they're, and they're ahead of two teams. And fourth Milwaukee? is not close. Yep, Milwaukee's second, 11.5. And then the third Ooh, won't be yeah. surprising. Phoenix? Yeah, nice. C- crush it. <laughs> but the Cavs are 11.7 net rating right now, right ahead of the Bucks, who are 8-0. and And without Chris Middleton, Giannis looks like an MVP. That team looks scary. Um, and then the Suns, without Johnson, and now, and obviously without, uh, without uh, Crowder, still needs a home. I, I would love to, speaking of which, I think the only hole that, like, that I think about when you're talking about depth with the Cavs is – on the wing, Chetty Osmond has actually played pretty solid to start the season. Like he looks, um, like he's actually doing what he's supposed to, like hit hit shots. Because please hit a shot, you need the space floor. But if they could get a Jay Crowder, I don't know how that deal would work. But that that is a kind of guy that would really solidify their push into being in contention this year. Like a little move like that could go a long way, and he perfectly fits his culture. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. You wonder what they have left to, to be able to give up to to bring him in. That's the that's the only difficult part, like like you said. Okoro, I mean, yeah, maybe. would you? I mean, I I think the Suns Suns would need some some more some more young talent. I mean, that's you never can get old with that. Look, we just talked about Bobo, talked about Lowry. Maybe uh, you have another recl- reclamation project there, but yeah, Cavs are Cavs are a piece away. It feels like from from even jumping further. This this uh beginning start of the year, feel good about it. How how could you not? And it's great to see. It's almost I'm always like leaning towards that. They're the team that I'm always looking at and hoping that they that they win each and every night. It's like them them and then like probably Dallas outside of the Knicks. Obviously, they're the two teams I'm looking at and thinking, all right, as Luca just put on another show, Dallas got to win, and then it's the Cavs. Just like just a it just feels like a feel good story. The way they're built. The roster since LeBron left in 2018, the way they've rebuilt has been really, really impressive. Where to next? We staying good? Or are we going to the to the to the bad? If we're staying good, we get we talk uh, Portland Trailblazers. Oh yeah, let's talk Portland Trail Trailblazers. Um, the game they had against the Mavs, they looked great without um, Simons and without Dame. That's that's a big point of emphasis for me here because we kind of talked about their depth. 
uh, in the offseason, kind of thinking about how they'd survive offensively without Dame. Jeremy Grant put on a show. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Grant looks good. And this team continues to play fast. They continue to play defense. Shaden Sharp is showing things. Are you talking about this when they play the Suns? The Sun. Oh, I'm, I'm saying the Suns when they play the Suns. Suns, yes, not, yes, not the Suns. Yes. The Suns. Thank you. Thank you. Some, you. Someone has to be here to, to correct what I'm saying constantly. <laughs> you're you're my my NBA autocorrect always. <laughs> um, but Jeremy, like Jeremy Grant, like that's this is the perfect situation for him. Like Dane needs a night off here and there. Um, hopefully this this uh this calf injury. You know, yeah, I feel like we see this very often with players coming back after not playing after a while, like just tired legs. Hopefully that's it. Not going to worry about anything else because they will not have a season without him. So having the chance to sit him and just be like, all right, Jeremy, we need you this week. Like Grant's going to give us a game like that against a top three team in the league. Amazing. And Shaden Sharp, that's, that's really what I'm starting to like. It's like breaking my eyes up a little bit. He's, he looks good. Yeah. I mean, I, not just not just like the dunks and like the dunks are cool. That's really fun. It's good to see your rookie like being confident to get to there. But what he's doing with the ball in his hands too, like when he's given the chance to to run, um, not just open the open court, but in the half court, put the ball in his hands, see what he can do. Like he's had a few times like that, and if he can get into a groove, like I'm I'm shocked that maybe he'll be a legitimate part of this rotation in the playoffs. That that's a big question for me. Is he gonna add to that? So if he does, that's that's another that's another weapon that they didn't have that all of a sudden now you have a pretty deep team if Shaden Sharp is a legitimate contributor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you talk about that game where they where they won where they beat the Suns then last night. Obviously, they they lost pretty comfortably again. They were without without Simons and Lillard. So you you would worry about them if it's any sort of consistent period without mm-hmm. the two of them, like like you said. But hopefully Dame will be back maybe late late next week. I think it's been a they they originally said about two weeks before they would look at it again. So that was he did that again after the Lakers game. So that that'll be around about two two weeks, maybe a little bit more. And hopefully I'm not I haven't really heard anything on Simon. So hopefully that isn't anything that's uh that's too serious and that he'll he'll return soon as well. But even those games where where Dame was down and Simon's was still healthy. He was putting up big numbers. He was stepping into the shoes like like he did on a number of occasions last year when it was just him. But now he's doing it in a team that's capable of winning games and he's still able to do it by himself and he's still able to do it alongside Dame. And that's that was always the the key thing. So obviously a strong start there, six and two. And they look really, really good. They look like a really impressive team for one that we thought might be ready to crumble last year when they traded McCollum and Dane was down. It looked like everything was going to blow up, but they've rebuilt well. And let's hope it can continue for them. They get Dame and, and Simons back quickly. Yeah. And I never thought I'd say this, but I have enjoyed watching Justice Winslow play basketball. <laughs> like he, he looks like. Yeah. Like that small, that small ball five, like for him, like he, he works down low. He's really switchable defender. Like it's, it's really interesting to see, to see him find a niche on this team. And, and you love to see Chauncey Bills just given, given a guy like that a chance. Cause I mean, he's got defensive talent. He's got basketball IQ, just finding a way to, to involve a guy like that is huge. And speaking of huge, like, again, we were really fascinated 
this offseason about how they'd have all these wings that they never had before. And seeing that in full force, like Josh Hart, Nasir Little, Shaden Sharp, Justice Winslow, all running full speed down a court, like it's scary. Like they're really scary in the break because they just got so many big wings you can really slash and get to the the bucket. And yeah, they're they're another team too that I mean health is everything. Let's talk about the Cavs. They can survive Garland being out. They can probably survive Mitchell being out and Garland's out. They can't survive without Dame long term. So this will be an interesting period to kind of see how much more you can lean on Grant, how much more you can lean on Hart, um, how much more you can lean on Sharp. So you see what he's got. Like the, there's some uh there's a little proof of concept to see if if someone else can emerge as, you know. You know, Jeremy Grant is the third guy, but who's who's gonna be the the next man up? Who's gonna really take responsibility of that? Because it's kind of open. It seems like no, nobody has really stepped up to that. But I think Shaden Sharp could be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Why why, why not? He's gonna get get the opportunities, especially in these games where there's no uh, no Dame or Simon. It's just a question of can he can he take it? Obviously, a lot of pressure putting on a on a on a young guy, but he also there's the element where there isn't really any pressure. It's just kind of you're gonna get your chance here. Can 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 you go and take it? If he doesn't, it's just gonna be like, ah, he's still just a young guy. It's not gonna to be too too uh too worrisome or anything like that. Any any other any other uh, good positive uh, teams you want to want to talk about before we get to the bad stuff? Now nah, let's get negative. Brooklyn Nets. Oh, that's see, I didn't say toxic. <laughs> <laughs> um, staying on the theme of regrettable takes. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not referring to Kyrie's uh regrettable take, uh, which I to him apparently is not that regrettable. Um, which geez, I guess that's a whole that's a whole podcast episode. Um, I'm talking about Ben Simmons, the, the guy that nobody's Ben Simmons must love love all this media attention on Kyrie right now, so that no one has to talk about the fact that he just doesn't care about basketball anymore and just sucks. This has nothing to do with the fact that I drafted him in fantasy. It's zero, a little bit, but not a lot. But still, like, it's insane that he finally has, like, no pressure on him. It's no pressure. It's just like, okay, Ben, just all you have to do is play defense, hang on the dunker spot, set some screens. Like, we won't, like, say anything about you not shooting. But no, he can't even do any of that. He doesn't look like he cares. And I know he's not even playing right now. And, like, my speculation is, oh, is he just going to get traded again? But, like, what, what is going on? Like, what happened to him? It's, it's, it's sad. It's sad. Like sometimes when I when I'm sad at night, like I just go pull up his 40 point game against the Jazz, and just wonder where that version of Simmons went. Times were so good back then, but I don't know where did Ben Simmons go. Great, it's great to hear you finally finally admitting that. Uh, I got a big smile on my face here hearing you hearing you finally admit uh, some bad things about uh, about Ben Simmons. Yeah, it's been disappointing. You still. You have to believe somewhere within him the the guy, the potential, the ability is still there somewhere. And this again, we have to keep on saying that this isn't about him becoming a great shooter or anything like that. This is about him playing defense, penetrating at the rim, actually attacking the basket and wanting to get to the rim. Looking at the basket. Yeah. And playing. Just look at it. Like that's that's all we're, that's 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 That'll be huge for him. If he can be an elite defender, a 10, 12 point per game scorer, but also like a 10, 9, 10 assist a game guy, that'll be a ginormous. He'd be such a valuable piece alongside a guy, guys 
at least like Kevin Durant and uh, some of the three-point shooters like Seth, Seth Curry and Joe Harris that they have on this team. But at the moment, it just seems like that guy is, is nowhere to be found. Maybe as the year progresses, they get in a new head coach, things might be able to change. But I don't know. It just seems like he's he's just lost his way and it doesn't really seem like there's any flashes that he's going to get it back. I just want to toot my own horn. And I, <laughs> I called, was waiting for this. I called Steve Nash. I, I, I knew I knew it was coming. And you you said that like the second day of the season. Yeah, and and was I right? <laughs> I was right. <laughs> you you caught like he the the second quarter of the first game hadn't even been over, and you're like, yeah, Nash is yeah, he's getting fired. Um, <laughs> to be to be fair, you did call it in the in the summer, which I'm sure had nothing to do with the fact that their superstar asked for him to be fired, but you are right. I'll, I'll tip my cap. You can toot your horn. I'll, I'll tip my, tip my cap. Um, give you your, uh, your flowers. I'm running out of phrases here. Are there any others? <laughs> but um, back to Simmons. If I, if I'm the new head coach, you hire a new head coach and you know what I would do? If I'm that's head coach right now, slash the, the team psychologist, I'm going into Ben Simmons house with 50 rims basketball rims i'm gonna nail one to the top of his ceiling in his bedroom so that every night he goes to sleep he has to look at the rim i'm gonna put one like to the top of every doorway in the kitchen and just like bench whenever you walk into a room just dunk the ball just lay the ball and just just look at it touch it don't be afraid of it whatever it is you need to do like there, there's just some serious I, I don't even know it's it's not it's not the same guy and whoever's gonna come in to coach um this this poor guy uh, who's been <laughs> did you see the before and after pictures i'm forgetting his name but the interim head coach is actually his second time they showed a picture of him when he was coaching with the nets back when they were the fun brooklyn nets the the Karis levert nets the the d'angelo russell nets um and like then and now it looked like the barack obama then and now like this dude aged like 20 years dealing with Kyrie and durant <laughs> he looks he looks stressed out man and who would not be stressed out with this sort of situation? I, I don't know. Do we even bring up the whole Kyrie thing? No, nah, let's not get too into that. Yeah. We know we know Kyrie. I don't know what planet he, he lives on, but he's just uh, he's just a, a little more than more than a little bit crazy. That's what they always say. The line between uh, being a genius and being crazy is uh, is very very thin, and uh, Kyrie is uh, cross cross that line. Uh, pretty pretty far and away at, the, at this Ronan point. he's he's nowhere near that line <laughs> he can't even see the line what are you talking about I'm saying I don't know, I'm saying you think he's, so, he's too smart for his own good he's just he's a oh, moron no 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 not intelligence wise in terms of genius I'm talking about his basketball ability oh okay about, his basketball genius about his intelligence now no 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 <laughs> that's not that's not where I was going there yeah Listen, I won't say I won't say Kyrie's not a smart person, but he just um yeah. Let's no, no. This I'm sure everyone who's who's listening, I'm sure, has had enough Kyrie talk. And yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And the, the fact that I think I think I will say though that like the fact that um the way that these sorts of things go down in the media and the silence, the the selective silence on certain subjects is I think a little disappointing in the NBA. I, I will say there's, this isn't the first time where like there's been some, cause the NBA has made itself a, you know, the, the league that's um, the league that's for 
like social issues. So I, I, I will say on the subject that like it's it's not a good look for a league like that to not be as vocal and for its players to not be as vocal. And, you know, it doesn't mean like throwing Kyrie down because I think legitimately like Kyrie is just misinformed and I think not really thinking. I mean, he he made an Instagram post as a half-assed apology, but I, I do take it legitimately that I think he just is so easily persuaded to believe certain things that like that there needed to be a strong but like very responsible rebuke against the type of things that he espoused. And that was disappointing to not see. And that's that's what I'll say about that. Do you think he has a chance to come back and be part of the Brooklyn Nets for the rest of the season? <laughs> of course he does. Look at his paycheck and look at how much the Brooklyn Nets probably make when he's playing versus when they're not, because that's what actually matters. And that's the unfortunate reality. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they cut him. Like, can you imagine if they cut Kyrie Irving? Um, I mean, they, did they just, oh my God, not to bring up more stuff, but didn't they, they signed Josh Primo that like, I didn't see the, the confirmed, like, like, no, they you always, Josh Primo. is that, did I get ball sacked? I think did I get ball sacked. I did not. Oh, no. I, I haven't seen that anywhere. Man. Oh no. I hope you got ball sacked. Oh yeah. man. All right. I got had, man, that account. They're so good. Like I, I get it. 99% of the time. <laughs> Right, did they not uh, did they not sign Yudoka they, also? Is that real? Well, that's that was kind of a weird thing. Like both Woj <laughs> and Shams came out and basically said Yudoka's gonna be the guy. <laughs> then the then Sean Marks came out and he was basically saying, No, we're we're gonna take our time and make this decision. But is there anyone you think is gonna who do you think should be the, the next guy in Brooklyn? Who's the guy who can actually come in and deal with this? Even forgetting about <laughs> Kyrie, who's the guy who can make get the best out of KD and and the and the shooters on this team? Um real answers? Give me a like, real like like Captain America? Like, I don't know. Like who who is supposed to deal with like, this? What, what do you think Ime Adoka <laughs> can do? with this team uh, okay like on a real note i do think look at the celtics are a special case though because they have they had they had like they had pieces there from a a team perspective now i'm not talking to x's and o's but they, they have like personalities like i i think that marcus smart is has really good leadership like he's he's a guy that that forms a nucleus of culture and that was someone that like it was important. Like there, there are those kind of people in the locker room to to build around from a personality perspective. Who is that in Brooklyn? Yeah. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. That's your culture. I again, there's no disrespect to them as player, but like that's not like in Kevin Durant. I think like he's he's been happy to kind of be like the quiet, you know, superstar. Like he does his thing and, and seems like he has good relationships with his teammates, but he's not someone that really develops the culture. So no one really is a leader on this team. They don't have leaders. Yeah, you'd never so, really viewed KD as the lead guy in the team. Often the best player on a team. Yes. No doubt about that. But mm-hmm. even you think in OKC, you probably even thought of Russ as more of a leader than him. Then in uh, in Golden State, you had both Curry and Draymond Green more so as as the leaders. And now even here, there is no leader, so it probably is him. But in in for the most part, he's not really 
that league guy bringing the whole team together and, and creating a, a real positive culture out there, which is obviously hard to do when you have got that Kyrie Irving fellow beside you. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why basketball is so much deeper than just like hooping. Like, yeah, Katie's a hooper. Yeah. Ky- Kyrie's a hooper. Yeah. They have shooters. Joe Harrison. This, this is something we went up and down the roster and over the off season kind of lost sight of this. Cause in the off season, you forget that basketball isn't just about skills and talents and pieces fitting together it's about like people like these are people how do they mesh how do they like form a common goal like do they have leadership do they believe in something like what what do they believe in like that they have to constantly deal with like external um bs because of a certain person on their team and like i don't know even even adding udoka is gonna create more controversy Um, I feel like we still even haven't had the full story about what happened in Boston. It's just been like, you know, shut down and quiet. Um, And then we see what's happening. I I can't believe I got ball sacked for, for Josh Primo getting signed to the Nets. I'm really upset about that, but, but it's, it's so much more that they don't have anybody. I don't think anyone, one coach, one person can come in and just fix this. Cause I, I think the Celtics were, an exception to the rule because they they were fractured but could be put together but i don't think there is any there is no like functioning body to work with to start out with with the nets they just had some some really talented guys but there's been nothing that's been connect that has felt connected here yeah yeah for sure and i'll see the Nets made a big move at the the deadline last year. Do you think this team survives the season, or or is another deadline move very likely for one of their big stars? I guess anyone outside of KD. Yeah, who who do you, who? I, I mean, I'll I'll answer that with a question. Like, do you, I I feel like a question like that is because of the reports he saw. Like, uh, teams teams uh, expect uh KD to be open to trade again. Like what? What team? Like you? You think the like some other teams are just putting that report out there? Whoever wanted to trade the the Raptors or whatever. Like of course, of course, other teams are going to be interested in trading for Kevin Durant. Obviously, they're going to constantly be. <laughs> so like I I don't know, man. That would be that that would be such a a one eighty. And obviously, like they almost hit that juncture this summer. That almost happened. I mean, they, they just fired Steve Nash. I mean, that's what Kevin Durant asked for. So, I mean, what are you going to do with that? But it, it, it's clear that no one really has the assets to do it. And I think a lot of teams, like your your Cavs, like any, a lot of these teams like that can compete don't need him. Yeah. They're, they're fine. I think a lot – I mean, maybe maybe the Miami Heat cobble something together. I have no idea. Like, a, would they trade Bam? I don't know. Maybe. But – this is my this is my uh, important question for the Nets. If you're like a Brooklyn Nets fan, like you, you're not just a Kyrie fan, you're not a Kevin Durant fan, like you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. Do you wish that you never entered the Kyrie Durant era that you just stuck it out with Karis LeVert, D'Lo, Jared Allen? Um, this goes on of just hard nosed players. You know, you'll be you'll be in the in the hunt for the playoffs. You'll be a homegrown kind of team. That that felt like that felt like a fun team. That wasn't that I mean, not felt like it was a fun team. 
that seems like a distant memory for what is just now just a just a sad shell of a team. Yeah, at the time the the move was there to be made. You have to just think you probably regret the decision about signing Kyrie, but I don't think they'd regret the decision about signing Kevin Durant. Obviously, he's added his bit of drama by requesting a trade during the offseason. But I still think if you if you go back, you would say sign Kevin Durant, but don't sign Kyrie Irving. They were always gonna be a package. They, they were all it was always gonna be them. You weren't getting KD if you didn't get Kyrie. They wanted to play together. The Nets set that up for them. And then I don't I, know. Then you have to say you probably got to got to go out on a limb and just say you can't have regrets. You took the shot. The shot missed. It's just it's that simple. But I I don't know. This feels like a cautionary tale to me. This feels like look look what look what you try to do when you just try to to build a team completely around one guy and meet all his demands and just it, it feels like nothing was organic about it. There, there's something special about a team that's built together organically, like the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors is a prime example of that. And I think this is an interesting thing for future CBAs. If like a team like that is getting penalized um, in terms of luxury tax, uh, tax for putting together an amazing team, drafting and keeping their guys, but they're, I, I don't know how they make money. It's insane. I, I haven't. I don't know the number off the top of my head. Google it if you'd like. But it's insane the amount of money they're they're paying to keep this team together. But that that feels like the the ultimate success story of a team that's actually built, actually put together. There's meaning there. There's mission there. There's there's connection. There's a story. There's something that matters. But it, this feels like a tale of a something that's too good to be true. It was too good to be true to be doing emergency pods. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden. This is going to be the greatest thing ever, right? It's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, 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 should, we should have seen it coming. I mean, it ultimately, there was some great years in uh, in OKC, but the Harden-Russ-Durant uh, trio didn't ultimately work out. So why didn't we see it coming when it was Harden, Kyrie, and Durant? Why didn't we see it coming? Yeah. All right, that, that, was, that was sad. Can we end on a good note? Do we have any good things? I don't know what 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 do we got left? Some of the some of the positive marks. I mean, we talk Luka Doncic just being being awesome, first player since Wilt to score thirty plus points in the first eight games of the year. I mean, the dude is just looking unbelievable. And the game against is it Utah the other night? He had one of his most efficient games that I've seen from him in a while. Now maybe it wasn't Utah. Who did they play? Was it Friday night? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. But I, I was say the he only shooting shot like thirteen times, and he made like he was like seven or thirteen or something. I got to the free throw line like fifteen times. He still ended up with thirty five points. But it was just so impressive. Obviously, the team were working hard to make sure they got the ball out of his hands. But he still went the other way and had that uh, had that efficient sort of night and was still able to be the the difference maker and get them uh, get them the w uh the the raptors the raptors that's who it was they won by a point and the raptors Kyrie, are fun too yeah, i do the like raptors the raptors are fun, are fun too but yeah luka Doncic just being superhuman him and him and Giannis look like they're engaged in a in a in a battle to be uh to be mvp in the uh, in the early goings of the season but yeah let's talk about raptors uh, pascal siakam 
looking awesome. Dude, he, he's picking up right where he left off. But uh, I, I do have a I do have a quiz for you here because you mentioned those two guys. Who has a better three point shooting percentage, Giannis or Luka Doncic? Giannis. What's going on with Luka shooting, man? It's just not falling. Yeah. Luka's shooting twenty six percent from three right now. Yeah, but he's shooting like sixty five percent on his twos, which is just silly. <laughs> which <laughs> which means his field goal percentage is still above fifty, which is crazy. So if he if he was shooting normally from three, like he would be he would be averaging like 40, 40 plus points a game. He'd be having a, a James Harden MVP season right now. <laughs> and uh, if it, if that starts falling, that's that's going to be pretty insane. But yeah, th- similar to on the Raptors, similar to what I mentioned with uh with the Blazers, like with all their big wings, and same with the with the Magic. It, it's it's interesting to see like these teams throwing out these huge lineups out there. But and the Raptors look like they are taking another step in terms of um how the young guys look how they're meshing. Um, I will say, cause Siakam looks great and Siakam is doing so much like the, the amount that, that he has grown over the past three, four or five years to, to see him be initiating plays, you know, really dominating the ball and not in a bad way. I think he's a go-to scorer for them, which is just not who he was. Like there's, it's rare to see guys like that who have, who are kind of a blank slate, especially guys like him who start basketball late. And then they just, constantly just adding stuff to the game adding stuff to the game before it was just Siakam just got a spin move and then now the the variety of moves you can do from the posts from mid-range I mean the pull-up game like there's just so much that he's added and I think he's really quietly become one of the the better scorers in this league yeah and he's got a, he's got a playmaking ability as well we've seen that <clears throat> uh seen that in a number of games so far this season and if he can keep that up to any sort of level obviously last year he had a career high in about the rebounds and assists you feel like he could even bump that up even around the the six assist a game mark this year if he can keep the the scoring up and he's around like the 25 he could be around like 25 8 and 6 uh for the for the year and that would make such a big difference because you look at scotty barnes obviously he's still extremely talented maybe the future for overall for toronto this is scotty scotty barnes's team but for the right now he's not ready to be the guy to lead them into playoff success, but the roster is arguably ready to be a team that will, that almost will and should be in the playoffs, but it's with Siakam as, as, as the lead guy, the lead guy on both ends of the floor. He's a a great two-way player. And I think if he can keep up this mark, obviously he's always shown flashes, but it's staying around, around the 24, 25 point mark and keeping up with the, Health wise and the 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 playmaking and then that will be the the difference maker for Toronto. Yeah, the that's the catch and shoot I should have had today as well. But Pascal Siakam, all star this year. All star and all NBA. He's never done the two. All together. NBA. Yeah. He's done, never done the two together. He's done both separately, but he's never done the two together. I think it's dear. He has to. He has to do the double on them. Yeah, I think he gets it. Um, I think a lot of teams probably kick themselves. The fact that Siakam was having a, a down year a couple of years back and kind of the, the randomness of like just the news about him wanting out was team committed to him. It seemed a little unsure. And there's just like a good, like six month window where his value was low. And it seems like Toronto was willing to move on. And 
you know, a lot of teams could, I mean, obviously use a, a all-star, all-NBA talent guy, but that, that has come and gone. And Scotty, his numbers are down a little bit. He's, he's not making a jump, but I think I'm impressed by the, the, the playmaking stuff. Um, he's, he's generating five assists per game on the turnovers are still a little, a little on the higher, higher end two two point three turnovers per game. Um, but three point percentage as well. Double the other night. Yeah, like this is a guy who's going to. I think it's fine. Like Siakam can can really focus on being the guy because I think Scotty is being a really. He's an amazing teammate. I mean, he's he's going to do everything. He's going to do the dirty work. He's going to play make, and he's even spacing the floor. Now he's shooting forty two percent from three. That I did not have that on my bingo card. No. He's taking four attempts per game. That that's the that's the exact kind of thing that will like make Scotty an all NBA player, like by his third season. Like if he gets the three point shot down, like he just needs to put all these things together. Like he's a freak athlete. He's an incredibly smart player. He's an incredibly good passer. And he's got way more handles than he's uh, been given credit for. He can put his back to the basket. Like he's got so many talents and it's just the outside shooting that if that's a real number, if he's, if he's hovering at 37, 38% by the end of the year, like there could be a big jump for him next year. Maybe it's even this year. It's I mean, some players put it together by the end of the season, but I mean, we're only a few games in, but I, I think the Raptors, I, I still pick them as like my surprise pl- team of the year. I still think that they could do a lot more. They could grow even more. They haven't even incorporated a uh, Coloco yet, who I think could be a uh, helpful talent for them. Chris Boucher looks pretty good. So Coloco doesn't need to get in too quickly, but this team, it, it, they can get even better than they are right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, I think I think that's gonna do it for this for this episode. I mean, Cavs rule, Nets drool, Luca and Giannis. The battle for MVP is is red hot already, and watch out for those Toronto Raptors. That's uh, that's the analysis of what everything we've talked about today. Uh, I'm Ron again. My thanks to Christian Nambu for joining us. And my thanks to all of you for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe and follow us on all your favorite social channels from Twitter to TikTok. We are everywhere at Coast to Coast NBA. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.